you start to question your value. You start to question your self-worth. Like the more money you got, the more successful you are, and most people really do buy into that. But really, I just needed a break. What I love is helping people. I'm Julie Bauke, and welcome to The Evolved Career, a podcast where we help you determine what truly does matter most to you and how it can have a profound impact on your life. Today, my guest is Christy Samad. Christy is the VP of Event Management for 3CDC. Now, 3CDC stands for the Cincinnati Center City Development Corporation. It's a private nonprofit corporation with a mission and focus to strengthen the core assets of downtown Cincinnati by revitalizing and connecting the Central Business District and a neighborhood called Over the Rhine. What I love about Christy's story, so I'm going to set us up here, what I love about Christy's story is... She has worked for 3CDC pretty much since graduating from college. And in prep for this podcast, we talked about how she got from, you know, an almost clueless college grad to a really powerful position and an influential role in development of a city. So it's a pretty cool story, and I hope you will take some great stuff from this that you can apply to your own career. So welcome, Christy. Thanks for having me. I am thrilled that you are here. Now, one of the reasons I invited you on is when we were talking on another topic, you talked about how you love to bring life to spaces and places. I may be misquoting that, but that's I, I that that phrase really stuck with me. And um, I said, you know, this this woman has something to say. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm to tell excited us your story. to be here and, and to share it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, people are willing to listen. <laughs> yes, they always are. I think there's something to learn from someone in their career, whether they're in their late 20s to late 60s, 70s, or 80s. There's always nuggets we can pick out of it. So you graduated from University of Cincinnati, as you stated. You're you're a hometown fangirl. I am. Yeah, and you born, were raised, as and a educated. I was. Yeah, yeah. Which um, so it's so funny. I um, my father actually loved First Watch in Hyde Park and um, I needed a job and he's like, you're coming to breakfast with me this morning and you're going to ask for an application and apply. And so the kind of the rest is history. And and so I worked at First Watch for five years. And First Watch, for people who are listening outside of the area, is a wonderful breakfast restaurant that is also a power center. Each First Watch location, you can hear deals being made from wall to wall. So your dad was right. Even you probably, you might have gone kicking and screaming. Yes. Because, <laughs> you know, we love to do what our parents want us to do when we're yeah. 22. Um, but um, you went and you applied and worked there for five years. I did. And um, and, and like you said, Monday through Friday, it's all business meetings. And and I'm one to eavesdrop. So it, it's probably even better. <laughs> they call that creeping then, or stalking. I, I eavesdrop is a kind I word. I know. But, you know, I have a great personality, I feel like. So <laughs> I just would talk to them and, you know, engage them. Them. But um, I, I did. So I stayed there for five years. And towards the end of that, um, I had graduated and I was there for about a year after. And um, I just I wanted to make sure that when I found my career, I, I loved it. And um, like you mentioned, you know, born, raised, educated in Cincinnati, I knew that I wanted to do something for the city itself. And um, all of my friends, you know, that I was really close with wanted to leave after high school or college because they didn't think Cincinnati had anything to offer. And um, they just weren't looking. And so I felt like if I was able to provide some kind of service that was, you know, put it all in one area 
they could find it. And so I was determined to figure that out. And so uh, unfortunately, that didn't pan out. However, at first watch, like I mentioned, you know, I, I brought my resume, I eavesdropped, and I just kind of slid it in at the end of their breakfast. And I <laughs> Here's said, Here's your check. And yeah, by the way, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I was just looking for informational interviews. So it wasn't necessarily, um, I wanted to work at their job, but I just wanted to learn more about what was going on, what careers were out there, um, and get practice in interviewing. Let's talk about that because that is, you know, if you're listening to this and either you are just graduating from college or someone you love is just graduating from college, this is absolutely critical. We we are afraid a lot of times to simply ask people for information. And there's a big difference between asking for information to learn and saying, please hire me. Right. Even though that was your ultimate goal, you knew up front, I, I don't even know what I'm asking for. And so I need to learn more about what this city has to offer. Yeah. And even just like the small fact of like a, a good interview and, you know, what what do you how do you interact and how do you answer questions? And, and just having that experience, then, you know, hopefully I was going to find my dream job and I would have that experience then in interviewing and it wouldn't be my first time to, to bomb. So so was it a networking connection from First Watch that landed you at 3CDC? It was. So when actually, it probably not as formal as these business meetings, but it was actually uh, two regular customers of mine that I absolutely adored. They, um, I was talking to them on, a, on um, I guess it was a Saturday morning, and they had just gone to light up uh, the square at Fountain Square. And I, which embarrassingly, this was 12 years ago, so I, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, that is amazing. I didn't know that, you know, there was such a large event that was going on at Fountain Square. What does, and, and um, they said they were there because of their daughter. And so I was like, what does your daughter do? I want to um, work for her or volunteer for her <laughs> or do something. Yeah. Like, you know, at that time Adopt I had extra. Me, please. <laughs> yeah. I was like, just, I mean, I will be her intern. And so they thought it was funny and they're like, oh yeah, you know, we'll tell her. And um, on Sunday evening, my, I wasn't living at home at the time. My mom got a call they found my number in the phone book. Oh, my gosh. And they said, this is really weird, but um, can you have your daughter call our daughter? She is looking for an intern. Oh, my heavens. And so um, I came in on that Monday, and um, she was in desperate need of to get someone in quickly. And so she hired me on the spot. And um, just as an intern in communications, um, and then the rest is history. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's really, you know, it's, it's, it's really that simple. Um, part of it is, you know, when you put out there what you're looking for, it's almost like you're telling people, but you're also telling the world, the universe, you're telling, you're putting it out there. You're putting that energy out there that yeah. says, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want more of. And, and all you knew was you heard about an event, it piqued your interest and you thought, I want to know more about that. And so you went far enough to say, Hey, you know, intern, volunteer, all falls under the umbrella of I want to learn more. That is such a much easier question than please hire me. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you started as an intern. And was it awesome? Or were you like, what have I gotten myself into? Oh, no. So I was, I think, the 14th employee that 3CDC hired. And, and now we currently have 80 full-time and about 150 part-time. So we've grown a ton. Um, but because of the size and um, because we are growing quickly, it was just all hands on deck. And it was just, you know, I was a communication intern. And so um, my at that time, Fountain Square was the only civic space that we had open. And so um, I did. And it's so funny. Um, 
I started the Facebook account. Like it was just up and coming. Like yeah. you could actually do it a business account. And um, so it was owning all of that communication piece for Fountain Square. But then on the side, you know, learning about all the development and just doing some of the learning illustrator to figure out maps. And and so I loved it because I was learning a ton. I was um I guess you could say I was um, not a I was a jack of all trades, but a master at none. But I knew a lot about all the departments. And I think that that really helped me grow within the organization um, because I could I, I had understanding of what each department was doing. Yeah, that's great. You were employee. What was your number? Employee what? I, it was 14. 14. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, so, and my favorite story on that, we, yeah. we were, our office was in the Kroger building at the time. And so we were outgrowing that space. So my office as an intern was just a desk outside of the CEO's office. And the um, his door was closed. He had a, a meeting in there. Um, the gentleman walked out who he was meeting with and they shook hands and, and he was like, great, Daniel, this is going to be good. I can't wait to have hot dogs and OTR. And I'm like, who's going to ha- eat hot dogs and OTR? Because at that time, there were no restaurants and that was Senate. And so it's just fun to see everything yes, kind of transform. Yes. So Over the Rhine was um, a district or an area of town that had not been revitalized. And 3CDC was one of the core developers, supporters, champions of bringing life to, to OTR, making it a uh, destination. Yeah. And it's really, I think, been such a success story. So what recently, you know, we there there have been um, with the unrest mm-hmm. uh, downtown, with um, protesters, has any of that, has, has just what's gone on recently impacted how you can work and be down there? Has it impacted your plans and dreams for the area? What kind of impact has that had? No, I think that it's actually been amazing to see how much stronger the community is. I think that there are so many people that have um, put their blood, sweat, and tears into that neighborhood um, that it just, we all kind of banded together. And um, as the some of the damage that happened that Friday night and the boards were going up. I mean, the whole community was out together and, you know, they were putting art on those boards and um, they ended up making an event, um, I think, since he nice did at, on Juneteenth. And it was just amazing to see how the community came together. Um, obviously, it was a little awkward with on top of COVID because at that point, we as an event person, we weren't doing any events. And so I think that was the only challenge was how can we abide by the government regulations and then continue to have celebrations and uh, demonstrations and um, accommodate it all. Yeah. The word that pops to mind when I think about what's required to do your job is just agility. Yeah. Yeah. It is for sure. And and it's being nimble and it's really taking each... um, challenge and kind of making it work. And so I think that the the number one thing, it's not in our job description, but it should just to put out fires, right? It's just like, okay, we have one challenge. How do we get through it? And how can we, you know, uh, continue to go forward? Um, So it's been every single day is a learning experience. And although Fountain Square has um, series that happen every year, although we may see some of the same events, everything's different. Yeah. So when when you read um, what 3CDC's mission is about really revitalizing that core. Um, and you talk you know, about, you know, developing spaces and buildings and, um, you know, growing and building. And, and, and a lot of the, the conversation in your definition is around physical things like buildings. But what you do, to me, what the heart of what you do is um, you build all of that around the people, 
Yes. And I think from the beginning of 3CDC, you know, we were created um, as a nonprofit real estate development corporation. However, through we've evolved over the years and we're just as much as a management company. So um, we looked at uh, Over the Rhine and the Central Business District as two neighborhoods. And it's how can we make these neighborhoods become thriving and breathe life back into them? And so um it was actually it it I think it pivoted um, during the construction of Fountain Square when we worked with the city on the redevelopment of that. Um, during the middle of it, our CEO was you know was thinking and a good space is only as good as it's managed and a pretty space. So we didn't want to just hand back the the space back to the city. We wanted to manage and program at three sixty five, and that's when we became. A management company at that point. And then from Fountain Square, we now manage Washington Park as, you know, it is in the heart of Over the Rhine. It's an eight acre um, park, which is landscape. It's a haven for a lot of people who don't have yards because it's such a dense neighborhood. Um, and then we also manage Memorial Hall, which is a 556 seat theater. And then Ziegler Park, which has a pool and we do summer camps. Um, so we really look at these civic spaces, figure out how we can program them, activate them, and really use the community around to use that space. Love it. Ma- build it, manage it, program it. Yes. That yes. is, that is key. And, and think about where, I mean, when you were the intern trying to learn about, really, it was just about the building part. Right. The spaces. But it, how that's really evolved, I mean, that has to um, that has to just have been so satisfying to really be really, I mean, part of the core of the group that built that. Yeah, it's it's been fun to see all of the, the transformation. And even um, with Fountain Square specifically, it being a two acre hardscape in the downtown area, events look a lot different. When we opened Washington Park in 2012, we were like, okay, we'll just duplicate the events that happened at Fountain Square. But we learned quickly that that wasn't the case because, you know, we were trying to get people to stay downtown after they left work, you know, to make sure that downtown wasn't an eight to five city and we could keep people down um, so they could stay at the events and then go to the other businesses surrounding the square. Um, But so then at Washington Park, it was like, people live here and we need to make it more a healthy life lifestyle, you know, can we do intramurals and workouts and markets and um, and things of that nature? And even with Memorial Hall and then Ziegler Park opening, each space has its own personality. And so just learning that has been um, fun to kind of figure that out as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk these days. Um, and it's, you know, the younger generations, millennials, in which I, I love this, by the way, but everybody wants a why. You know, everybody wants to have meaning in their work. And and what's hard about that is that what's meaningful to one person is not necessarily that meaningful to somebody else. And so we all have our definition of meaning at work. And so what is, what's your why for what you do? I think, I mean, even from the beginning, I, like I mentioned, I just wanted to do something for the city. And so just to see the transformation um, and know that I had a tiny little part of it of just bringing events and connecting people. I think each space has a different personality. 
And we do all a bunch of different kind of programs. And I'm not the expert at any of these. And it's just really connecting people who are the experts that are able to use the space. And I think um, that's another thing, a passion of mine, I guess, is just connecting with people and getting to know them and getting to know what they do. And I think this goes back to First Watch, just learning about everyone's different careers. But there are so many amazing people in Cincinnati doing really cool things that a lot of people don't know. And so if I'm able to connect them to a space to give them the outlet to do that, it's pretty... I mean, I love it. I Yeah. So have you guys talked about, you know, one of the things that in the, these times we're living in, um, there's a lot of conversation about how um, densely populated, highly urban areas that a lot of people are going to be moving out of those mm-hmm. because there's so much opportunity from work from home or work from anywhere. And um, the densely populated areas may not be as popular. And mid-sized cities like your Cincinnati, St. Louis, Indianapolis, you know, those types of cities will really see an influx of people. Have you guys talked about that or you, do you think that's do you th- from your perspective do you think that's do you think that's a thing? Yeah. I, I we haven't talked about it and I yeah. again this is me being more in the events bubble. I'm sure the development team has. Yeah. Um but I do have to say on that note I am a very outgoing person. I like to do a lot of things. And so being at my house all the time is making me nutty. But I find I I live downtown and I don't feel like I've been that constricted by living downtown Mm -hmm. because I'm still walking everywhere. I'm still there's um, a lot of places that are doing the takeout and the street side dining. And so I feel like I've been out and about. And so I think there's something to that as well, rather than going to the the burbs. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I think having land is is very nice as well. But just being around people, I think that's been able to, um, that's an outlet for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think back on your career, and, and we can talk about, you know, from first watch on, yeah. what's the low point? So I actually was just um, involved in a, a class um, this past year with the chamber, and I didn't realize this was a thing, which maybe I'm naive, but the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And through this whole thing, I think because I was an intern and I didn't, I mean, I went to UC for business, but they, you know, they don't teach you the specifics of, I, I didn't know I was going to be working for a development company and programming. I didn't know much about events. And so I think it was just my low points are just not feeling that I was in the right place because I wasn't sure if I was doing it right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I I feel like... um I am hard on myself and I want to be the best I can be. And um, so I feel like some of the low points were just me thinking that I wasn't cut out for the job because I didn't know if I knew what I was supposed to know. Then how'd you get past that? How do you get over that or past that or through Mm. that, whatever? You know, I think I just kind of probably gave myself some pep talks and I don't know. That's a great question. In my experience, women suffer from that. Uh, more than men do. And as a young woman, especially working around a lot of developers, um, real estate folks, uh, did you have days when you feel like you weren't being taken as seriously as you should be? Um, yeah, I, I maybe that. I think it was more self-doubt. I, I have to say, um, I, and then maybe it's because um, I came into it when there weren't as many employees and we were so young. I feel like... 3CDC in general has really, they've given all of the employees their voice and everyone was able to speak up and kind of do what they thought what they wanted to do. So it wasn't necessarily the company culture. I think it was just more of my insecurities. And I think that 
to go back to your initial question of me getting out of that, I think it was my colleagues, you know, giving me the respect. And so it was kind of reverse what you were saying of um, they did believe in me and they did continue to show me that they respected my choices. And um, I, I mean, from an intern to now a vice president, I feel like they've um, shown me that, you know, they've trusted me and, and I, I do know something. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you when you grow up in an organization like you have and you start as an intern sometimes or or if you start as a accounting clerk or whatever mm-hmm. in, in an organization and then you're uh, director of accounting, you know, in in 10 to 15 years, there is, I think, um, sort of a uh, because you came in at a very low entry level position. Sometimes in an organization, there are people who know you and they they can never get past that. Ah, Christy, the intern. Yeah. You know, Fred, the accounting clerk. And versus if you came in at a VP level, a lot of times, you know, that comes with respect kind of built into that title. And, you know, I I found that people a lot of times who grow up in organizations struggle with that even more than someone who comes in at a level with an assumed assumed level of expertise and knowledge. Yeah. No, that is true. Now thinking of it, um, going back to me not being an expert in what I was hired to do, I I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier about just identifying the experts in those areas and not admitting that I was trying to be one. But the fact that I could connect people and, you know, if I did have to figure out how to do a salsa series, you know, it's identifying, you know, Nick Rodinas is the expert in salsa. And so he is to, you know, continue with that series, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I think it's um, realizing that, that yeah. I don't need to be the expert. I yeah. just need to connect with the people who know what they're doing. Right, right. And, and it's, a lot of times it's just really hard to admit to say, gosh, I don't know anything about salsa dancing. Because yes. sometimes we put that on ourselves. Well, I'm supposed to know everything. Yeah, no, you can't go learn everything. You you will never be a salsa expert right. like the salsa expert you found. Right. And it's relying on those resources and not believing that you have to be the be-all and end-all of the universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you look back, I mean, you, you are still, um, you know, 11 years, 12 years into your career. And if you were speaking to a group of college seniors today mm-hmm. in these crazy times that we're in where there's just tons of uncertainty around careers and work, what advice would you give them? I would say just continue to network and just continue to work on your relationships with um, your friends and your parents' friends and just kind of expanding that and doing whatever you can. I mean, it has to be a challenge now that you can't have more of those face-to-face conversations, um, but you can jump on Zoom and do them the same, maybe. Um, But I would would just continue to say, you know, it's all about the relationships. You just need to know what's what's out there and who's out there and, and continue to truck along. Yeah, yeah. Continue to truck <laughs> along. I like that. You know, when you think about college, you've got – you pick a major, accounting, finance, marketing, you know, uh, engineering, supply chain, logistics, operations, you know, whatever it is, English. Um, but the, connecting those dots between what you've learned and then what that could mean from a career standpoint is – something that I don't think is done well. And so every semester or quarter, we graduate lots of young people into the workforce who have no idea how to connect their dots with what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And so when you're networking, so you started, you said, you know, you, you, so your dots, let's talk about your dots. So you, 
lifelong Cincinnatian, loved it, wanted to stay, wanted to be a part of an effort to promote what is good about Cincinnati. Okay. So, and that's pretty much all you knew. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So sometimes people are afraid to step out and talk to people because they feel like they have to have their absolute answer nailed. But with just the information you had, you wanted to promote Cincinnati and you wanted to be a part of the growth and development of the community, that in and of itself was enough for you to start having conversations. And it's okay to say, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I want it to be in this space, yes. in this world. And that right there is enough for you to begin your networking versus a, a lot of people, uh, I, I've seen people do the networking where they're like, well, I don't know what I want to do. What do you think I should do? I'm clueless. You know, I have no idea. The truth is you do. I mean, you've got some idea of what you like. You may not have, right. you know, it all molded together yet, but the ability to express what you're drawn toward, what you're good at, where you'd like to make an impact can be enough of a starting point for a conversation. Well, and a lot of people, you know, if you love what you do, it's not necessarily work. It's what you want to do. And so it's not getting up in the morning and dreading going into the office. It's doing something towards your passion. And so I think that's very important and finding, you know, if you love animals and you want to volunteer at um, a dog shelter, it's, you know, eventually you could maybe find something around that. And so I think it's really um, separating work from what you love and maybe putting them together and trying to figure out uh, your passion that way. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, and it's, I, you know, I talk to people all the time who've been in the workforce for you know, 20 plus, 30 plus years, and they've hated every minute of it. And so imagine if you carry that stone around your neck yeah. for 25, 30 years, and all of a sudden someone's telling you, find your passion. Like, huh. you know, I mean, that's yeah. just like, I don't know what that means. You know, because you have gotten into a pattern of being miserable. Yes. It's a terrible way to yeah. live. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what what is it when you, you know, I call it skipping to the shower. You know, what what is it that when you get to do it, that day, you are the happiest Christie in the world. I'd have to say connecting with people. It has been a little struggle bus for <laughs> COVID because I can't meet in person and, and really um, figure out other people's passions and trying to figure out how to connect them then to use what they are passionate about into the spaces. Because if someone has a ton of passion about one thing and it just goes really well, right? So if you find someone that is very... Um, uh, passionate about kids programming and, you know, they um, have thought about all of the things that need to go into that and you can connect them to a playground full of kids and, you know, we could figure out how to fund it or, you know, how to work together to create a partnership. That's, it, it, again, breathing life into these spaces. It's very simple. And so I love connecting with people. So I, yeah. I think that's that's what makes me skip. Tell me about your favorite event that you've done. Oh, my favorite event. So we do so many things that range from Light Up the Square, which is, you know, 25,000 people at Fountain Square, to partnering with the library and doing readings for kids. Um, there was an event that actually started before my time, but I continued with it. And it was the first event that when I was in this role, I um, I had to, to do. And it was called Cincy Ditterod. And it was a... Um, like I did a rod? It was, yes. Cincy Ditterod. Yes. Okay, and actually, it's mouthful. 
I think that uh, Chicago started it, and it, it is a spinoff of the Alaskan Iditarod. And um, instead of dogs, it's people. And instead of a sled, it's a grocery cart. And it benefited the Free Store Food Bank. <laughs> and so it was a five-mile race around the city. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And you had that. to be attached to your cart. And you could sabotage other teams with, Whoa. like, you could, like, handcuff the, their cart to a, a pole. And so it was just a race to get the to be the first one done. But it was the most interesting, fun event that so we So you done. know what I think? Why picture, of course. Have you ever had the back of your ankle or foot be hit by somebody's gr- um, grocery cart? Oh, my God, that hurts. It hurts. That's all I bad. can think of. It's like you have to be wearing armor because people are going to be injuring you with their yes. carts. We definitely had to—, to regulate something. That is so clever. But it was also, it wasn't a traditional like 5K where you were in one route. (laughs) And so you could go anyway. You just had to hit all five points and you had to be back to the square at a certain time. And so um, it was, it was hilarious. Oh my gosh. That's, I mean, you're, you, now you're, now that you're telling me all about these cool things, I'm sorry that we're in a world where I know you're a little bit handcuffed. Fingers crossed. It will be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. And, and the fact that it's summer, at least now when we're recording this, it's summer. It just gives us a lot more options than yes. if we'd been quarantined from November. Yes, <laughs> November to May. Yes. Well, that is fant- that is that is great. That's so exciting. You're getting me excited. Um, okay, are you ready to play two questions, one deep and one shallow? Oh yeah. Okay. What's something that everybody loves but you just don't get it? Oh my gosh. Can it be like food? It can be anything. This makes me feel like I'm not American. I don't like melon. And me and my husband talk about this all the time. I don't like watermelon or cantaloupe or honeydew. Anything in the melon family. Yes. Is and I don't know if it's because it's like wider, sort of watery. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. But I feel like I should and I want to like it. And so every time it's on the table, I'll try it. But I just don't like it. Yeah. And so I don't know. That's okay. Yeah. You're allowed so to not melon. like melon. I don't like melon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So our, we'll end with our deep question. What breaks your heart? Uh, What breaks my heart? I think right now with the the current climate and everything that's going on, um, and this probably stems from my experience with programming Ziegler Park, is um, that the families, I understand that we have COVID right now and schools are most likely going to look a lot different. Um, But it breaks my heart for the families that don't have the means to stay home with their kids or... um, give them the education that they might be missing out while they're not at school. And so while everyone's making decisions about children going to school and and keeping the teachers in mind as well, how can society help the kids that don't have the means that their parents or family are not able to give them? Um, and how will they continue to succeed? And I think this kind of goes back to the systemic um, issues that are going on as well. Yeah. Um, that breaks my heart. Yeah, I love how you guys really are a part of the solution because Ziegler Park or Ziegler Pool, yeah, um, that whole area would not exist um, without 3CDC's cooperation and focus on programming and management, not just building, yeah, not just you know making developers wealthy by bulldozing buildings and you know right. building hot new spaces. Um, I love the integrated way that 3CDC has built out um, our urban core. So thank you for your participation in that. Yeah. I love Ziegler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's yes. a piece of my heart. Yes. Fantastic. You know, I love talking to people like you who bounce out of bed in the morning, you know, who are excited about what the day yeah. can hold. And I also believe it's possible for anybody. You lucked into it in your first job, in your first career. But even if you're listening to this and you you don't have that, 
I think a lot of times when you live in that, ugh, you're kind of dragging yourself through through the week to get to this, the tiny little weekend. I think it's very hard to imagine that you could feel about your career like you feel about yours. But believe me when I say it's possible, it takes courage and it's hard work, but so is everything that's worthwhile. And so I say pick your poison. Either either live through your career and be miserable um, and probably not a lot of fun to live with or be courageous and reach out and build something that you're going to be proud of and that you're going to skip to the shower to get to in the morning. So thank you, Christy, for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having everything me. everything to you. Yeah, I can't wait to see everyone who's listening in the spaces. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed meeting the Evolved Careerist on today's episode, well, we've got a lot more lined up for you. Subscribe, tell your friends, rate us and write a review. And of course, follow us on social media. But if you're interested in learning more about how you can evolve your career, you can contact us through theevolvedcareer.com or thebaukegroup.com. And that's B-A-U-K-E. Do you know somebody who'd be a great guest who has a great career story to tell? Or do you think you qualify? Then email me. My email address is in the podcast description. Until next time, here's to your career happiness.